Tonight's show is brought to you by Mountains of Homework, Vendetti Optics, and you, our listeners. Like, it's okay, I don't know. I've never done acid or LSD. I have no idea. But it's what I've heard it described as, it might be a lot like that. is up all of you wayward souls and welcome back to the wayward stories podcast wayward stories is the podcast where we tell the tales of our wanderings and our wonderings how are you guys doing tonight i am so glad to be back in the studio this is my happy place okay this is my happy place i love recording right now you know maybe not so much i don't know if you hear all that skittery skittering in the background but i'm about to like commit a homicide of a small kitty and she's going to drive me insane. So we're just going to have to record tonight to be really honest. I'm just going to have to record because she's not stopping. Okay. And I have to record an episode. So we're already running behind tonight. We've already got all kinds of irons in the fire. So, you know, whatever, we're going to have to work with background cat chaos noise. Okay. I've started calling her Loonageddon. She's just Loonageddon or the Loonpocalypse. Loon apocalypse. Loon apocalypse. I think that's already probably happened at some point in history. Anyway, what's up, guys? Like, guess what? This is our two-year anniversary show. It's episode 66. It's not an even number. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but you know, whatever. Things don't have to make sense. Two years. Two calendar years since we dropped the show first. And guess what? We're still here, which shocks me more than anyone. Probably when I started two years ago, God, when I started three to four years ago, planning and building the groundwork to make this show, I didn't know if I would have enough content to go for very long. And when I did drop the first show and I put together the first six episodes to populate a feed that I could drop an Apple podcast and out there on Stitcher and Spotify and all those places so that you guys would have something to binge and maybe get invested and want to come back and listen to more. I had no idea what the hell I was going to talk about after episode six. Here we are 60 episodes later after episode six at episode 66, two year anniversary, still going strong. I should have worn a party hat or something. Anyway, still going strong, actually stronger every day. We grow by leaps and bounds. We get downloads out the wazoo every day that we've never had before getting out there. Still, still looking for Antarctica. We've got all the continents marked off the box, but we're still looking for Antarctica. So anyway, if you guys know anyone, send them a link and say, dude, just like hit play for 10 seconds and shut this guy up just appease him. Let him see a download from one of the research stations in Antarctica. Anyway, two years to your anniversary. And here we are. So I'm like really excited about this. Somehow we've made it this far. And guess what? There's more episodes in the can waiting to be made simmering on the back burner. Um, but what are we going to do tonight? Well, first of all, we're going to do some housekeeping as we always do. First thing I want to do is just give a shout out to Solomon Drygoods. You guys have heard me talk about him before on several search and rescue episodes. Good friend of mine up there in OKC making hand making like great tactical gear for search and rescue or backpacking or just like anything that you want made he can make and he's very very good at it super cool guy but anyway 
last episode I talked about one of the things in the self-rescue episode that I talked about was, you know, label your pack. If you have like important meds that you need people to know where they are, like an EpiPen or whatnot, you know, label it. Label that specific pouch, point it out, make it obvious to someone. And anyway, he sent me a link saying, hey, look what I got here. He's got Velcro attachable, Sharpie markable panels that you can put on your pack. So go over and check out Solomon.dry.goods on Instagram, Instagram.com forward slash S-O-L-O-M-O-N dot dry dot goods and check that out if that's something you were thinking about doing anyway second quick shout out i got a super super nice note from my friends over at bendetti optics you guys hear me talk about them all the time and they were actually listening to the um classic episode i dropped a couple of weeks ago or maybe it's been four weeks ago now overnight on big bluff but in the the new opening i talked about um that little lithic point that preform and kind of how it's connected to my mother and you know she passed away from cancer and they sent me a nice nice little message um very personal nice message um in relation to that and i just man you guys they're good people I just appreciate the heck out of them. I really, really enjoyed getting that message. And it just, I was so psyched. I was like, oh my gosh, they're actually listening to the show on a little road trip. That just tickles me pink, y'all. That's just the coolest thing ever. Anyway, those they're just super cool people. They're just super cool people. One of these days, maybe one of these days, I'll make the adventure that we're going to talk about tonight. And I'll just keep on cruising on up to Oregon and go say hi. Who knows? So what is it we're going to talk about tonight? Well, It really kind of comes around full circle. Like we started this series two years ago talking about my adventures in California A um, when I was out there for Big Purple and the three months or so that I spent out there around San Francisco and San Jose, Morgan Hill, up and down the Big Sur coast, um, Central Coast and Big Sur. And um, that's where we're going to go tonight. And it was actually not on purpose. I didn't like do that on purpose. Like, oh, this would be a good thing. No, it just kind of hit me because I had a whole other episode that I was going to make, but I, you know, sometimes I tell you guys, I'm just not feeling it. I need to feel that inspiration to talk about something. Otherwise it comes off very sterile, you know, like a doctor sitting there reading you the list of things you shouldn't do that you already know you shouldn't do. Um, and I mean, they come out they're they're solid, they're decent episodes. There's good information in them, but they just, they're not inspired. And I think y'all feel that because I know I feel it when I make them. So I decided I wanted to shelve that and talk about something that's been on my mind, which is going back two episodes now when I made the um, Nomad Spirit Sedentary Life, which by the way, going off the chain, like it has got a billion, oh my God, it's gotten so many downloads. Like, and I don't know why. I don't know how. I just know it has. And that's super cool. I think that was a really good episode. If there was going to be one that got a substantially abnormal amount of downloads that was a good one to do it so that's exciting right but anyway this one's in that vein because i am still buried under mountains of homework as you heard at the opening of the show um and i'm still god guys i need freedom i need a break and i need freedom and i am longing pining away just daydreaming about a time when i can go be free again for just a few days the freedom of the open road You know what I mean? Like the open-endedness of adventure, the lack of responsibilities and things that have to be done and need to be done. Like I'm getting a few little adventures in here and there. My daughter and I, we've been going on these great creek hiking adventures, finding all these awesome fossils and stuff. I bought our metal detector recently. We found an old house buried, literally buried, just in a mound, a heap of crap near an old well 
out in the national forest, found some cool stuff out there. Like we've been having little adventures here and there, but they're not the open road. They're not the nomad spirit that exists within me. They're fun. They're really cool, but they're not what I long for and the future that I am driving towards. Um, and I just, I need to get back out. And so I'm still daydreaming. So I thought a really good episode because I long for California. I miss it so much from that three short months that I spent out there, give or take a week. Um, and y'all it's, there's so many great adventure ideas and you know, that's what this show's all about. Telling our stories, giving people other ideas, how to get out, go do stuff, where to go, what kind of stuff to check out. And just hopefully in the end, ultimately motivating you to get off of your tuchus and get out there and live your life before you lose your life. You know, it's coming for all of us. It's coming for all of us. Um, so, you know, get out there and live. And this is, I think, what I'm going to do tonight is take some of the stuff that I did and happened across. Now, I did it over three months. Granted, every day after work, I'd go out there and pop out my 250 stops or whatever, 310, 50 pack, you know, 15, 20 packages, get off by two or three in the afternoon because it was like literally pitching out candy at the Christmas parade. It was just every house down a damn street and get off by three or four o'clock and I could be at the ocean by sunset every night. Every single night, you know, it's like 40 minute drive to the closest beach. Um, and if I had a day off, say it was a Sunday or say I got off really early, I could get down into Big Sur, pretty deep into Big Sur. And y'all, y'all, there's nothing like the central coast of Cali. There's nothing like the people out there. Contrary to what you might have heard for those of you that live in the South with me, who grew up being told how horrible California is and how everyone there is a monster and a jerk. Yeah, it's like not the truth, even a little bit. Like, let's go back to that, you know, let's have a new episode of Justin Ruins Everything. Californians are way the hell nicer than people in the South. That's from personal experience. It's a lifetime in the South being treated by crap by people. And just everyone's angry and mean. And you go out there and everyone's just super friendly. I mean, mostly probably because recreational pot is legal, might be part of it. And it's very affluent. When people have money, when you have money, you're way less miserable. <laughs> when you have hope in life, you're way less miserable. And that's something we don't have in the South is very much hope. But anyway, Californians are awesome. I found them to be incredibly hospitable. And anyway, it's just, it would be a cool trip for any of you that have ever considered it. You can go back. Y'all, I've been seeing pictures. And this is what's had this on my mind for a few months now, you know, because my first trip out was basically Christmas Eve. I was on the road somewhere in Williams, Arizona on like December. I'm pretty sure it was December 24th. It was Christmas Eve on my way to San Francisco for my first trip in 2018. So January, February, March and April of 2019, four years ago, this last three to four months was my time in and out of Cali for all that time. And I've got yeah, I just keep getting those four years ago today on Facebook, you know, your memories. And I'm looking at these pictures and God, I've just been longing for it. I missed it. Y'all, it was a pivotal time. It was a pivotal time in my life, you know, right on the butt end of, well, no, really right in the heart of the bad stuff. And it really did. It changed my life in a lot of ways. A lot of things were changing at that time, but this trip to Cali gave me some hope for a future. And honestly, where this podcast started, where this podcast started was out there in Cali when I figured out who the hell I was and what I wanted to do with myself. So it's kind of, I think it's really, I don't know, prescient's not the word, 
but I guess that could be used. Um, but it, it's very fitting. It's very fitting that we kind of come back and talk about this area again, two years after I finally got this thing launched and going. Cali, y'all, is an awesome place. Big Sur Coast. If you go to my Instagram and you go back far enough or you go back to my Facebook and go back far enough, the pictures are insane. The pictures take themselves. My friend Thomas used to tell me when I was out there and I was showing him pictures. He's like, dude, you take, you don't take pictures. You take postcards. And I'm like, I'm not taking, I just point and shoot, dude. Like you could be out here with a Polaroid and it, and it looks like a masterpiece because the landscape and the atmosphere, um, the ocean, you know, the sea, the salt water air and all that, it does it for you. It's always magic hour in Cali. It's always beautiful there. It's always beautiful. No matter where you're at up there, or at least on the central coast, always beautiful. Anyway, so we're going to talk about that tonight. I'm just going to put it in the I, well, in the format of an adventure idea. Like, again, my friends over at Vendetti, they always are popping out these adventure ideas on their Instagrams. Um, and it's kind of like in that vein. Let me give you some ideas. Here's something I'm going to do again someday. I can't wait. You know, I'm going to have to knock off two liquor stores and possibly a bank to afford it out there. That's one thing that is true about Cali. Everything costs literally four times as much. You know, dollar burger at McDonald's is like four bucks. Now, that's four years ago. God knows what it is now. Um, yeah, it's expensive to be there. But, y'all, I mean, it's it's worth it's worth risking jail time. You know, I mean, who's going to miss a, one liquor store out of all the ones there are? I mean, who's going to miss it? I mean, what's it matter in the end, right? Not a big deal. Anyway, don't go knock off any liquor stores, please. I guess I have to say that legally. Yeah, I should probably say that. Anyway, anyway, wink, wink. Let's get into talking about it. Um, Let's start here. I want to start at the, maybe the southern, I don't even want to call it the southernmost end of Big Sur because Big Sur itself, there's Big Sur proper, which is like a little town community area right there that is Big Sur. But, you know, really that whole coast has got the the name of Big Sur in a sense. Everyone kind of calls it that. There's a lot of ocean, a lot of mountains, a lot of beaches, a lot of waterfalls, a lot of beautiful rivers, a lot of redwoods, and a crap ton of state parks, state beaches, state natural areas. Like, y'all, there's nothing in this world like it. There's nothing like it. It is its own thing. But I want to start at the southernmost point that I ever visited while I was out there. You can only go so far from, you know, Morgan Hill, California in a single day and get back in time to, you know, be at work the next morning, basically. So I went to Lime Kiln Falls State Park. And here's the idea. Take a road trip adventure up the coast on California One, okay? You could do this from literally the southern tip of Cali all the way to the north, you know, to the Canadian border. You can do this. There's highway that runs that coast, more or less, all the way from Mexican border to the Canadian border. Um, but I'm just thinking road trip idea. You start and you just work your way along and you grab B&Bs along the way. You grab state parks to camp in, whatever as you go. And y'all, out here in Cali, it would be an amazing adventure because you'd be living amongst the redwoods constantly for like several days. And the ocean and the beach and wildlife and seals and oh my God. Anyway, I'm starting you guys at my southernmost point. The southernmost terminus that I ever visited, and that's Limekiln State Park. And Limekiln State Park down there, kind of on the southernmost point of Big Sur, right there on the beach. It's got an awesome little beach of its own with these giant rocks where the waves are, I mean, are like violently, constantly violently crashing. It's one of the things about California that is so gorgeous is it's literally like mountains 
at least here in the central region, mountains come straight up to the ocean and they oppose each other. The ocean doesn't like the mountain. It's like, come at me, bro. And the mountain's like, no, I'm just, I'm standing right here. You can't stop me. And so the ocean just starts pummeling it. And the ocean is slowly chipping away at the mountain. So much so that sections, entire sections of Highway 1 often just fall off into the damn ocean. It's not uncommon. Um, And it's dramatic. It is dramatic in ways that you can't, that I cannot articulate. It is ineffable. I cannot put into words anything that could even make you remotely grasp what it's like to see it with your own eyes. It is a spiritual place, even if you're not spiritual. It is a magical place, even if you're not magical. Y'all, it's it's otherworldly almost. There are places there that you're like, I'm on another planet. I'm on another planet. This is not the earth that I knew before. But let's start right here at Lion Kiln. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about Lion Kiln State Park because it's super cool. It's got some really old historic Lion Kilns that you can go up there and check out. You can take pictures of the remnants. Very, very super cool stuff. Um, but there's also a double waterfall that you, you can hike up to. I hiked up to it barefoot, not because I was trying out the hippie thing or the barefooting thing at that time, but because I only had one pair of shoes with me. I was ill-prepared and the water was waist deep everywhere you went um, to get up and you had to hike through the creek, wade through the creek several times over and it nearly cost me. It definitely cost me a camera tripod and nearly cost me myself. I think at some point it was a trip. Well, quite literally pun intended, but heavy rushing water into a deep hole that's like wallowing out beneath the strainer. And, you know, I just about went there. I just about went there. But there's a double waterfall up there. You can check out. You are surrounded by giant redwoods. There are all these little waterfalls that look tiny compared to the redwoods. You're like, oh, look at that cute little tiny waterfall until you see a human standing like around it near it. And the waterfall is like obviously about 20 feet tall. And you're like, oh my God, perspective is everything. And out there you lose perspective almost completely because of the size of the redwoods there. It's, it's mind blowing, but there's all this hiking you can do beneath these giant redwoods through this redwood forest up to these historic, like lime kiln, lime kilns. And like, it's like, you're sitting there going, how did they even, I mean, they had horses and buggies and like, how did they even get in and out of here? You can barely hike in and out of there in places. The trail gets crazy, but they were like carting in and out like raw materials. Like it's kind of mind boggling. And that means that there was a mining operation somewhere up the valley. No, doesn't it? If there's a kiln to fire things, they're extracting something and turning it into something now, aren't they? It's fascinating to see. And it's really, really cool. It's got history. It's got absolute natural just beauty, guys. You could spend your whole day at Lime Kiln State Park, no problem. Kick it out there amongst the redwoods, hiking with Mama Nature, checking out everything it has to offer. There's wildlife galore. There's picnic area that you can hang out and have something to eat. But then you can go down to the beach. And the beach is, again, being pummeled relentlessly by the ocean where you can get some awesome if you set your shutter speed high enough and you throw that aperture wide open and catch bring in as much light as you can throw out some you know some high speed shooting you can get some amazing looking pictures of the waves breaking on that beach just they're almost explosive super cool when i went down there it was one of the you know stranger and a lot of strange experiences happen when you're out in cali but this is one of the stranger experiences i had i walked over and i'm looking out at the majesty of the ocean i'm watching the waves break upon these giant rocks and i'm taking it all in and i look out of the corner of my eye i see this strange little rodent 
a little ground squirrel, and he appears to be eating a Dorito. And I glance over to see the rodent eating the Dorito and go to point my picture, my camera at him to take a picture, only to realize that a very naked hippie chick is sitting right behind him feeding him those Doritos. See, in California, clothing is optional on most of the beaches. Okay, so just know that before you go. And so then I was like, well, how do I get a picture of the rodent without getting a picture of the naked hippie chick? And how do I even attempt to aim my camera at the rodent without it looking like what I'm trying to do is photograph the naked hippie chick? And anyway, around it, I finally was just like, I'm just going to go for the gusto. Like she showed up to this beach naked. It's on her. Like, and I didn't take a picture of her. I zoomed in, took the rodent. Um, because it was a really interesting little ground squirrel and he had this nacho cheese Dorito in his hands, like or his little paws or squirrel fingers or whatever the heck you want to call them. And, um, it was a cool picture. Um, and nobody said anything, but like, yeah, so just be advised there's nudity on many of the beaches out there in Cali. Um, they're very free spirited. Let's say they're very free spirited out there. A lot of nomad spirits out there, but big, or uh, lime kiln is an absolutely really awesome place. And if you start there, you could also stay the night there before you set out the next day. There is camping. Um, but when you set out the next day or that evening to go find somewhere else to explore on your way up the coast of Big Sur on California Highway 1, like the next thing you come up on that's really notable is the Big Creek Bridge. And y'all, this next, this whole episode, we're going to be crossing bridges this whole adventure that you're going to go take someday. I'm going to take myself as soon as I can again someday. Can't wait to go back. We're going to be crossing some of the most picturesque and beautiful bridges in settings that are just, again, otherworldly. And like the first one you really come across, if you're starting out your adventure from Lion Kiln, is the um, Big Creek Bridge. And it is. They're like these. They were built in. I don't want to misquote this, but I'm going to say we're into the 20s. I believe it's in the 20s or 30s. They're like concrete spandrel type of bridges and they have this beautiful arc on the under deck and or an arch on the under deck and like I'm not a engineer nor do I build bridges for a living so I'm not going to even I don't care if I'm saying all the things wrong I don't care send your emails I'm not going to read them but like it's got this awesome like arch spandrels underneath and they're just absolutely aesthetically beautiful they're poured concrete but the architecture of them the lines that they have are just absolutely gorgeous set into these enormous bluff faces where you've got like hundreds of feet down to the river below that is coming in and meeting the ocean along this whole stretch you're right on the ocean y'all you're driving 500 feet above the ocean, but literally right on the bluff next to it. It's like the road, a guardrail, and sometimes not even a guardrail, and boom, drop off ocean, okay? That's what Highway 1 is like, and that's why it's so gorgeous and why it's so busy. There are there are no, there's no drive on this planet quite what Highway 1 is. I'm sure some of the famous highways, like down in Australia, along the coast, I'm sure that it has competitors out there but like it is its own thing big sir is its own thing and this especially when you start making this drive at sunset y'all and i highly recommend at some point you be sure to cover as much of this road as you can at sunset there's nothing like seeing the deepest bluest ocean you can imagine you're 500 feet above it but right on top of it the deepest bluest ocean you can imagine as far as you can see and then the sunset in the ever-present clouds, Sunset and Big Sur is always a thing. 
I'm assuming that's pretty much California at large because it's everywhere I ever went. But every damn day, sunset is a thing every time. And it is absolutely incredible. But when you go up and you check out places like the Big Creek Bridge, you're going to get like some really great photographs. But you also, also got to be really careful. Okay, it's super cool. You need to stop and check it out. You absolutely need to stop and check these things out and try to get pictures, but you got to be careful and look for parking spots. And if you see a parking spot and think, oh, I bet I can get a little bit closer. No, you can't. Just stop at that parking spot. You might walk a mile, but stop there because there are people lined up as far as you can see. It's crazy, especially on weekends. You know, if you could time your adventure to be during the week somehow, I would do that. Probably still going to be busy would be my guess, but it's not weekend busy. And y'all, it can even get dangerous up there on highway one, all the people crossing the road, like it's no shoulders, like it's steep bluffs and drop-offs, but it's absolutely gorgeous. But stop as you go, each one of these bridges, man, stop and take the pictures. You're going to pass multiple overlooks, scenic pullouts and stop at every one. Just stop at every one and look, take it in. Y'all, I'm telling you, I've got literally hundreds, if not thousands of pictures on my hard drives, <laughs> up on my Facebook at, you know, four years ago. I've got thousands for sure that went unprocessed that I just pulled the best I could find because how do you even begin to breach attempting to start editing and finding the best pictures out of thousands of them of the same area? Because it's just that gorgeous, guys. There's nothing like it. Um... But stomping all these bridges as you go. And like as you're heading on up from Limekiln after Big Creek Bridge, you're going to hit Julia Pfeiffer Burns State Park. You want to go to all these state parks because all of them have incredible hiking. Like every damn one of them has incredible hiking. Julia Pfeiffer Burns, for example, you've got McWay Falls. You've got the Tin House. If you're up for a hell of a hike and a hell of a view, there's a place called the Tin House. You can find it on Google Maps. You can find it on all trails right there in Julia Pfeiffer Burns State Park. Anyway, it's literally just like this old abandoned structure. I don't know the history of it. Couldn't find any of that. But you hike up there. It's this really cool old tin built building and it's kind of barricaded off. There's spray paint all over it. Just abandoned up in the state park, up on the mountains of Big Sur, overlooking the Pacific Ocean. Y'all. There are views on that hike that that rival anything you've seen in any movie, no matter how cinematic it was. There are views that you will see with your own human eyeballs on that hike alone that will absolutely inspire you to God knows what, but it's going to inspire you to something. You will not leave unmoved. I will put it that way. Those kinds of views you will not leave unmoved. Um, but there's a lot of hikes in these state parks in Big Sur. There's big hikes. There's little hikes. There's hundreds of kilometers of hiking trails in several of these state parks. And all these things to check out, like McQuay Falls. That has got... McQuay Falls is super famous. You have definitely seen pictures of it. If you watch TV at all, or you get on social media, at some point you've seen McQuay Falls. And it's right there in Julia Pfeiffer Burns State Park, but it's up on the ocean. It's almost impossible. I believe I've seen people get to those falls down at beach level. Not sure how they did it. 
be completely honest with you, I believe trespassing and law breaching was probably involved in that. But you can take a trail there in the state park that takes you to an overlook where you look down on this little cove where the ocean is beating its way into the side of the mountain off the steep bluff, a couple hundred feet below you. And there's this giant waterfall that you're hundreds of feet above, by the way, coming out of the side of the mountain into the beach, running into the ocean. McQuay Falls, Google it. Like, just Google it. You can go there and see it for yourself. Julia Pfeiffer Burns State Park, right there, lower, like, southernish section of Big Sur. And from there, you're going to start getting into what is actually Big Sur proper. Like, there is, like, a little community area that's kind of centrally located there that's got all the things, all the things. Um, places to stay, some great places to eat. I got to eat several places, or not several, but a couple of places there in Big Sur. One of them, I believe, was the bakery. And they were actually the people that turned me on to one of the places we're going to talk about in a minute. One of the biggest stories, which if any of you have been here from the beginning, you will remember that story. But like, I think that was it. And it was the bakery. And it was like, had some great food, man. Had some great food, places to stop. Got jade shops. Big Sur has its own color of jade. Okay. Like for, it's got its own jade that is its own shade of green is the proper way to say that. Um, you know, it's jade mined all over this planet, but big, big Sur jade is its own thing and it is unique. And if you go out there, stop and throw some money at some of those little vendors, some of those little artisans along the way, like guys, you want to talk about meet some cool people. I had a cool conversation when I was there with one of the women who was selling some of that jade and she told me all about the jade, but you know, like me, like, what do I do, man? I'm like, so how do you like Big Sur? Tell me about it. What's it like living here? I would love to live here. I think, what do you think? And I like to talk to people and find out their perspectives. And like, I learned something, you know, from her and she's like, it's, it's amazing to live here. She's like, it's, she was super spiritual. She's like, it's amazing to live here. She's like, but it's hard because this is our economy is tourism, but it's also people that are destroying what we have that's so special because people come and they're inconsiderate. They're rude. They're, they're filthy. They litter. You know, they don't show any kind of respect for us, for our environment that we have here. Like this is a special place that is being destroyed in a lot of ways because of tourism. It was a very potent, very poignant perspective from someone who loves the land that they live on but is also making their living off that land and trying to find that balance. And, you know, I just bring that up to point out and say, you guys, when you are out adventuring, try to like represent, I don't know, represent wherever the hell you're from. Well, if nothing else, at least represent your state. Well, they're going to watch your tag drive away. And like Texans have got such a bad rap, but it's like kind of well-deserved in a lot of examples, in a lot of situations, you know, like you get blown off the road and run into a ditch by someone doing 89, 90 miles an hour and a 55, like, and it's always a Texas plate right here in my state. Um, so, you know, like, just think about representing your state. Well, if nothing else, represent yourselves well, but represent maybe your state, maybe that'll get to you. Like, you know, don't, don't put a, don't be a blight on the place that you call home when you're out there. Cause they're going to watch you throw your trash out the window and then get in your car and drive off. Like you don't have a care in the world. Like, don't be that person. Don't be that person. Like go out there and, and show people some respect, show the land, show the earth, show the planet, show it some respect, you know, show it some respect and be, be respectful and considerate of the people that live and make their livings in the places you're going into. Like, I just think that's a big deal. Personally, I think that's a big deal. But anyway, Big Sur is 
its own little thing. And there's a lot going on in Big Sur. So I'm going to tell you what, we've hit 31 minutes. So let's go to commercial break. We'll come out of commercial break and we'll talk all about what's around Big Sur and work our way towards the end of the episode. And I'm already looking at this going, you know, this might work out pretty good because I think I can get a second episode out of this down the road somewhere. Not next week, not next episode, y'all. I'm not going to put too much foreshadowing, but I got some cool stuff coming in our next episode. Mm-hmm. Super exciting. But something I can put back in the can for when times get lean again for another dreaming episode. But we'll go to break. We're going to come back, talk about Big Sur, and then we'll start working our way on up the coast of Big Sur towards Santa Cruz, I believe. We might, we don't know, we might just make it to Monterey tonight. We'll see. We'll see how well the drive goes. We'll be right back. What is up, all of you wayward souls? I want to tell you guys about our newest sponsor, Bendetti Optics a brand based right here in the good old U.S. of A, Portland, Oregon, to be exact. And I bought my first pair of Bendetti sunglasses about a year and a half ago and fell in love with them so much so that I got online and ordered a couple of more pair. And when I did, there was a small shipping snafu, an order fulfillment snafu, and I got on the phone, gave them a call, and guess what? I get a call back from who? One of the big men themselves right there in Portland, from the top of the chain have a great conversation and we end up starting this great relationship we have they more than made right the little snafu that occurred and i am now a huge proponent of them because i can tell you from personal experience they are good people and they are trying to compete with the big boys out there coming in at a price point of about 40 dollars, but using the exact same frame material tr90 and the same polarization process as the big guys as it turns out something i think we are already probably new in our hearts when you buy big name sunglasses you're buying a big name not necessarily any more quality than you can get somewhere else like at bendetti optics they have 29 different styles they have multiple polarization options for whatever climate you happen to live in and they back it up with like this lifetime guarantee that if your dog eats your sunglasses it doesn't matter how you break them send it back in with a check to cover shipping and handling and you're golden you got a new pair on the way these guys are truly trying to do it right and they have this philosophy that a really good pair of sunglasses should not cost you so much that you are afraid to wear them and i think all of us outdoorsmen can relate to that so if you guys like me are very practical and like to get more bang for your buck and wear some great looking sunglasses check out bendettioptics.com that's b-e-n-d-e-t-t-i optics.com or you can go over to instagram slash optics and that i highly suggest whether you buy a pair or not just to check out the cutest pupper you will ever see modeling sunglasses once again, that's BendettiOptics.com. And make sure and let them know Wayward Stories sent you. And welcome back. All right, so we made it to Big Sur right before the break. Thank you guys for sticking around. Please go support our sponsors. Um, but we made it to Big Sur right before the break. First of all, you might have asked at some point, what does Big Sur mean? Where did that name come from? I mean, interestingly enough, like, I'm just going to throw this out there. I had like all kind of along was like, I wonder what Big Sur is. I wonder if it's some kind of derivative of... Or like local, you know, colloquialism or something uh, just kind of has to do with like Big Surf. Because, you know, there's a giant surf in Big Sur. Big Surf. You know, maybe it's just like a little whatever. Whatever. Yeah, that's not even close to right. So if any of you were thinking that along with me, please send me an email. Let me know so I don't feel quite as stupid. But also, here's the actual answer. The answer is, it is drawn from 
um, well, it's really a derivative of the original Spanish. Okay, when the Spanish had their capital in Monterey, which was north of Big Sur, they had this giant expanse of almost impenetrable land to the south. Y'all, and we're talking about back in those days. Yeah, that would very much be impenetrable. That'd be very much impenetrable. But anyway, they called it El Grande Sur. And that just meant the the big land to the south, essentially. The big land to the south. Um, and it was just an impenetrable area that they didn't really do know what to do with or do much with, but that's what it was called was El Grande Sur. And so, you know, Grande Sur, big Sir, and it just got, you know, basically Anglicanized into big Sur. And that's how it got its name from the original Spaniards who, um, occupied and had their capital in Monterey just to the North. But anyway, big Sur itself, let's say big Sur proper again, the little community that's right in the center of the whole coast here. They've got so much cool stuff. Like I said, you can go eat at the bakery, you can go buy some jade, but like, what about all the other stuff that there is to do? One is Pfeiffer Big Sur State Park. Once again, y'all, the Big Sur River runs right through there. And you want to talk about a crystal clear mountain river. Like that's the thing that I want to absolutely like get into your heads tonight is when I say the ocean, when I say the beach on the central Cali coast, I am for anyone that's not been out there and doesn't already know this. I'm not talking about beaches like you think of when you see pictures of people in Cancun or down in Florida or, or down in Barbados or somewhere like that. No, this is like, these are mountains meet the ocean and you will find Random beaches here and there that do have some sand on them, but they're not very big and everything happening near them is violent. The wave action is violent. The seals can be violent. Everything there is violent. The rocks falling as the mountain is eaten away by the sea, beating it to death. Also violent, very extremely violent. Like it's not the kind of beaches that you are thinking of. Now you can get down to most of them and they're awesome and you should, you should go see it. There's nothing like seeing that kind of seeing nature like that, seeing nature at some of its most violent, you know, I mean, this isn't like going and seeing a volcano happen. This isn't like living through an earthquake. It's not that kind of violent, but just like nature erodes, uh, erosion, the forces of, of the wind, the rain, the water, like it's extremely violent in many places along this coast. And it makes for absolutely stunningly gorgeous coastlines and photographs that you can sell. I've sold a lot of photographs, a lot of canvas prints, of pictures I took out there. Like it's an investment well worth anyway, but Pfeiffer, Big Sur State Park, you got Big Sur River coming through. It's a mountain river, crystal clear mountain river running down through the mountains and depositing itself into the ocean surrounded by redwoods. Guys, just imagine that ocean, mountains, redwoods. Like all three of them alone are incredible, worth a trip, right? All three of them by themselves held apart in a vacuum. All three are worth checking out, but like all up and down this coast, all three intermingle. They are single and looking to mingle and they do y'all and they're looking for you. Like they want to interact with you. You need to get out there and do that. Um, the hiking trails, there are so many hiking trails in this area. One, you can go up to Pfeiffer Falls. Okay. Pfeiffer Falls is absolutely gorgeous. These waterfalls. Okay. These waterfalls, again, extremely, you know, they actually are very reminiscent of Arkansas waterfalls. 
They really are. They're super crystal clear mountain waterfalls. The water is gorgeous. It tumbles, it cascades, it cataracts. It does all of the descriptive words that waterfalls can do. And it does them in a mountainy kind of way right next to the ocean. And it's just like, it's something you have to experience for yourself. And I can't wait to go back and do this again, especially now, four years later with this much more experience behind a camera, so much stuff. I miss so many opportunities out there, guys, because I wasn't ready. Like I just bought a camera, started getting back into photography with a camera that was brand new to me, you know, doing this whole rediscovering myself thing out there, living life in a vacuum, figuring out who the hell Justin was. Um, and so I didn't have all the skills and I was still getting amazing pictures that I'm getting mileage out of today, literally selling prints of to this day. But I did it with like no real experience. Like I, with my camera, you know, I had some photography experience, but not like that. I want to go back now with the nicer camera that I have, with the, all the experience I have, like, oh my God, I can't imagine what I could do with the long exposure now. That's one thing. And also just the YouTube channel. Y'all, I wasn't ready for YouTube yet. I know it sounds dumb. I've got what, 170, 80 videos now? That all started after Cali. I missed so many opportunities. Even though I was wanting to do it and start the channel before I was able to get to the podcast, and just start something. I just wasn't ready to be in front of the camera like that yet. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I wasn't sure how I was going to do it. And you want to talk about missed opportunities. Guys, there'd be another 200 videos on this YouTube channel. Guaranteed. And at three months, I guarantee you there would be a buttload more videos on this YouTube channel of amazing things. But I just missed the opportunity. I wasn't ready. I just wasn't ready. I wasn't confident enough. I wasn't a lot of things enough at that time. But now I am. And I cannot wait to go back and get footage and video of some of this stuff, guys. But yeah, all along in this area, Pfeiffer Big Sur State Park with the Pfeiffer Falls or Pfeiffer Falls and also Pfeiffer Beach. Pfeiffer Beach, I talked about in what is it? Maybe episode might have been episode six, Big Sur. I don't remember which episode in the first six was where I talked about Big Sur, but I would have talked about Pfeiffer Beach, Pfeiffer Beach extensively. Um. But what you need to know is, is if you go out to Cali and you do no other thing at all, go to Pfeiffer Beach, okay? Not Pfeiffer Big Sur State Park Beach or or Julia Pfeiffer Burns Beach, Pfeiffer Beach. Look for it. Google it. You can find it on Google. It is a long one-laned road with only a few places to pull over to pass cars coming in and out. It is a little bit hairy, a little bit crazy. Um, there's a creek at the bottom that when I went there, I still had my Xterra, nine and a half inches of ground clearance, some great all-terrain tires, and an extremely capable off-road vehicle, and it went quarter door panel. I went quarter up to the water, you know, water was as deep as the bottom quarter of my door panel going through that little creek. And that's a short creek, just a little drop off and drop, pop back up. But y'all, it's a real, it's kind of a little experience getting your vehicle down there, Okay. You, you you could probably do a car. I don't know if there's low water times, high water times. I don't know when I was there for, you know, the water levels. All I know is that little creek was deep as hell. And my exterior is very off-road capable. So, yeah, you know, I don't know if you're going to get your maxima down there. But I'm sure people manage to. I don't know. Maybe they void their warranties, but I'm sure they manage to. But this beach, y'all, it is a protected cove that has a keyhole arch that certain times, a certain time of the year for just three or four days, the sun sets through that keyhole arch. And I just happened to find myself there by accident. When I was there, 
Just found out about it from the guy up at the bakery when I asked, where do you locals go? You know, that the tourists don't know about. And this is where he told me to go. And I just happened to stumble bass backwards into this. And I'm sitting here taking a picture through this keyhole arch alongside 70, 80 photographers who showed up specifically for this with cameras that cost more than the Xterra was worth. And I'm here with my little Rebel 7, you know, Canon Rebel, um, what was it? Was it a T7? Don't remember. My little Canon Rebel and my little flimsy tripod, totally posing, totally posing. But I was like, you know what the heck with it? How many opportunities do you ever get like this in your life? And I got an amazing picture of what looks like the gateway to hell. Looking right at that sun, right through that arch, right as wave was breaking through that arch. Go to Pfeiffer Beach and see the keyhole arch. Also, look for some purple sand. There's unique limestone formations along this beach that as they erode, they erode this purple sand down at the bottom. And I got a big old baggie of it. That was a story in its own right that I actually told in the very first episode about going out there. And I told that story, but I went back within just a few weeks and I pulled that episode down and I edited out some key chunks because I was a little bit too liberal with all the things I shared in those first fix episodes in their very first edit. And I had to go back a little bit later and I just chopped some key things. You know, that I was like, that's just too much. This is too heavy. I ain't trying to bring everyone down right out of the box with this. But there was there was some info on that that I actually I cut out, you know. But anyway, I got a big old big old Ziploc bag in a on an adventure to go back and get this sand. Because when I was there the first time, I didn't have any way to get it out of there. Like I literally had no containers. And so like on my very last day in Cali for eternity from my big, you know, big purple adventure out there. I actually like all the stars aligned to get me out of that terminal in time to load up in the Xterra and haul butt all the way down one before dark and get back to that beach and get some of that purple sand to bring home for my daughter. Um, And it to this day means the world to her. She loves her purple sand and it's gorgeous. And I have my own bucket. My own bucket, my own bottle of purple sand up there on the mantle. Anyway, that purple sand is just, you know, it meant the world to her. And it's super cool. And you can go down there and you can see it for yourself. This purple sand kind of washing into the white sand and or the white sand, the brown sand, whatever color it is there. I don't remember. Um, and it's really cool. You got purple sand. You got a keyhole arch. You got all this stuff going on in one place. And you got a, kind of a crazy little adventure just to get down to it. The road's totally drivable. In your vehicles, just know it's one lane. You will pass traffic. You will have to find ways to crawl up on the sides of little outcroppings and everything else with part of your car for people to pass. Um, and there's a big creek at the bottom, but it is ex- extremely worth the trip down to do it. That's all I'm saying. Y'all, it's absolutely breathtaking. And if you can go in early spring or late winter, I believe when I got that picture, well, obviously it was between January and April. And I'm not sure which trip I was there on that I actually got that picture. I could go back and look, but I'm not wasting time on that. Now you can Google it, find out when that, that sun sets in that keyhole arch. And Hey, insider's tip. If any of you set out on this little pilgrimage to try to get that picture, know this, it is a thing. And there will be 80, 90, a hundred people, if not more show up to get that same picture 
photographers and everyone's pretty respectful of each other's space. But what I did by accident is I got there pretty early by accident when I got that first picture of it on that proper day. And I just staked a place in the sand judging by what my brain and my outdoors experience said, oh my God, it looks like the sun might just set through that arch today. And I just judged the way, you know, the trajectory of the sun and said, hmm, this would probably be a good angle knowing that people might show up and take my spot. So I just like planted my tripod in the sand and I took off exploring the beach and showed up 20 minutes later from around the bend to see 80 damn photographers set up around my little tripod. Go early and stake your claim because you will have to fight for space to try to get that picture. Okay. Everyone was respectful. No one tried to kick me out of my prime real estate that like God himself apparently smiled on me and gave me this picture. Like no one tried to kick me out. They were displeased that a plebeian such as myself, a Cretan, if you will, had the prime real estate, but they didn't freaking make me move and they weren't jerks about it. So just know if you're going to go make this pilgrimage, go early, go early, stake your claim and get ready for one of the light shows of your life. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Nature will astound you. That's the thing about the wilderness, y'all. When you get out there, you have to go though. What's this show all about? Get off your butt and go do. You have to go. If you want to see it, you have to go. And you can't just go look at my pictures of it. You can't be like, yeah, that sounds great, Justin. But I think I'm just going to go look at your picture back in your Facebook feed. I'm going to go creep your feed. Go back five years, four years. Yeah, go ahead. That's cool. But it's not the same. It doesn't even remotely begin to capture what it does to you internally when you're present to witness something like that. So get out there and live, guys. You don't know how much you miss until you get out there and find out how much you've been missing. That's like just the gospel truth. I hate to tell you that, but it's true. But anyway, make sure and check out Pfeiffer Beach. And let's move on up the coast as we're kind of moving on through our episode here. You come out from Pfeiffer Beach, you go back in for Big Sur if you like, go get you some dinner. You know, drive this, get up there, get you some dinner right after you do that, and then head up because you can still maybe catch sunset at the Point Sur Lighthouse. Point Sur Lighthouse is just up the road. Actually, you can go to the Cooper Cabin first. Like, this is actually maybe a multi-day thing. Right here around Big Sur, you could probably spend two or three days in some of those awesome B&Bs on the Big Sur River, right there in the mountains, right there by the ocean, and explore all this for a couple of days because the general Big Sur area itself is just so much to explore. So many miles of hiking trails, so many beaches, so many little nooks and crannies for you to check out. Like another one that I almost missed here is you go on up as you can hit Cooper Cabin. And Cooper Cabin is like the oldest building standing in the Big Sur region by most accounts. Um, And I believe 1861 is the date they put on it, or it's 1851. 1851 or 1861, the oldest building in the region still standing. And it's right there in Big Sur. And it was a part of a... um, of a ranch that was right there in that general region. Super cool place an awesome hike down to check it out and get a real taste of some of the history in the area guys. So you can do that on your way up. And then also if you're there at the right time, Point Sur Lighthouse, the Point Sur Lighthouse is actually accessible. If you go at the right time on the right days, there is like a historic kind of thing going on there where you can go and you can tour it. I wasn't there at the right time for that. Whenever it was, I was there. I wasn't there, but what I could do was park right there on highway one across this giant pasture, this giant field before it goes up to the giant bay to where this lighthouse is setting up on this crag out in the ocean 
distant from you. And I was there towards sunset and I just walked my way down the side of the highway and I found a seat right off the edge of the shoulder and I set up my tripod and I got some of the best, probably sunset pictures I've ever gotten in my life with that lighthouse in silhouette. I've sold several of those, sold several of those prints guys. Like it is freaking glorious. It is so gorgeous. It is so gorgeous to see sunset with that lighthouse, just poking its little light up out over the top of that crag and the sun setting behind it. It is an absolute silhouette and it's just, it's really stunning. It's really stunning. It's really stunning to see. Um, so you can go and you can check that out. And if you get there early enough in the day before sunset and it's the right day when they're open, you can go kind of check out the historic site there and see that lighthouse up close and personal and get personal, personal and get a really good view of the ocean. Like I'm talking, you're out there on this kind of giant jutting out land. Um, I wouldn't call it a jetty, but whatever it is, peninsula of sorts, a tiny peninsula that, that juts out there and it just hangs on that crag, man. And you get out there and, oh my God, beautiful, beautiful. Um, so much to do in the big Sur region. Now from like here going on up, like from here going on up to let's say Carmel and Monterey, which is probably where we'll wrap up tonight's episode. I had a whole thing set up, take us on into Santa Cruz, um, through Watsonville going up to Santa Cruz, but I'm like, we're pushing 50 minutes on the episode, which is amazing. Talk for another 10 minutes. We got an hour episode and I can save for a whole nother episode down the road on a rainy day. Um, and we could start at Watsonville, work our way all up, all the way up to like Point Reyes station, possibly take us through San Francisco, the Golden Gate, all that good stuff. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, I'm thinking we're going to go about as far as probably Carmel and Monterey because there's plenty to talk about in the next 10 minutes, probably more than 10 minutes worth. But this next stretch It's going to be some of the most beautiful drive you're ever going to see in your entire life. I remember it with almost like a dream-like quality, almost like a lucid dream-like quality, like a a incredibly vivid dream-like quality, because that's like what it's like to be on the coast in in Central Cali. Is vibrant colors everywhere. The sunsets are bright oranges and purples, and like, oh my God, they're incredible, and you've got this deep blue ocean spanning as far as you can see and these like red dirt type kind of cliffs that hang alongside of you and so many colors the greens the redwood trees there's so many colors it's almost like an acid trip it's like lsd back in the day man it's like lsd it's like woodstock 69 they're walking around shooting people in the face with acid and the guns you know what i mean and their water guns like it's okay i don't know i've never done acid or lsd i have no idea but it's what i've heard it described as it might be a lot like that it's absolutely amazing and it is i remember it in almost a dreamlike quality guys riding along the ocean like that four five hundred feet three four five hundred feet elevation changes on this beautiful stretch of highway that literally hugs bluff lines this many hundred feet above the ocean below you as far as you look ahead you see those crags sticking out into the ocean you see the seagulls you see the seabirds you see the seals down in the water and you off to the left you know off to the west i mean you see the sunset and the colors and the clouds rolling in and all the things ocean clouds like out there in the pacific 
the clouds that roll in off of the Pacific, the storms that roll in off of the Pacific are their own thing. And they create some of the coolest cloud formations and some of the most amazing sunsets you will ever see. And that's a true story. I've got probably hundreds of sunset pictures from my time in Cali. And all of them have incredible, like they all share a commonality. And it's this these amazing cloud formations that create these incredible plays of light. Like the light just dances through these clouds and all these different hues of the purples and the blues and the reds and the pinks are all coming through. And it just is such a contrast to the deep blue ocean below it. And like you're there and you're experiencing, you're driving along this coastline and you're looking at all this majesty and there's like a peace. There is like a sense of peace in my mind associated with my time there and that specific stretch of highway just rolling along, looking at the sunset, looking at the ocean, feeling absolutely tiny, tiny in the universe, but totally at peace with being tiny in the universe and having a much deeper understanding of my place within the universe. Hard to explain that. You have to experience things like that. This is why you need to go do it for yourself because you have to experience it to understand it. It may sound great, but it's not something that you can create for yourself. You have to go out there and see it for yourself. You can't recreate it in your imagination. You have to go and see it. And I'll never forget the kind of peace that came with that. I was with the moments. I remember one place, eidetic memory. I remember one specific curve. And I don't know how to get to it again, but I know generally where it's at and I would know it as soon as I saw it. But one specific curve, one specific scene at a certain specific time of day, just as the sun was setting, as I was cruising through there and I was almost euphoric, like with just how at peace I was feeling with everything at arguably one of the worst times of my life in my personal life. Right. But I'm totally at peace with all this. And I see a future that's better than what I had at that moment. And I remember that. I remember that clearly. And that set the stage. Moments just like that. There was one down in Lime Kiln Creek where I figured out who the hell I was. And then there was this moment, maybe two months later, towards my end of my stay in Cali, where I was coming back from Big Sur through this region. It was actually the day I went back. Against all odds, I managed to get that sand in time before I had to leave, my last chance before I had to leave to come back to Arkansas. And I was just at peace with the world. And something in there told me, you're going to have a better world. You're going to have a better life. You got plans. You got goals. You know who you are now and you know where you want to go. And you're going to get there. You're going to get there. And this, this is your future. You're going to live this life that you're after. And there's just moments like that that you can't, you can't really describe. You can't really recreate for someone. It's just a personal experience that happens. And that's like what Big Sur did to me. Like Big Sur did things to me changed my trajectory, changed my life. It truly did. Um, and I'm sure it was a, it was a product of the time that it was happening. I mean, it probably would have had an effect on me no matter what, at any point in my life I was there, but it definitely was there in unique circumstances when I was there, but I was primed for it. Maybe, maybe not. doesn't matter. It changed my whole worldview. I saw everything differently, everything differently. The world I saw was a lot a lot more interesting and exciting and something I wanted to go live than before 
when it was a much darker place with nothing but, you know, the crap that you see get fed to you in the news every day. You watch the news, y'all. I'm just telling you, they're just feeding you junk to keep you upset and mad at everyone else. They keep you miserable. They keep you tuned in and they keep selling advertising like this real world out here. If you're living in it, go out there and look around and realize it doesn't look anything like what the news is telling me it looks like. Just just know that. And a place like Big Sur changed my perspective. It'll change your perspective. It changed my perspective. It just broke me. Broke my brain in a good way. Out of that dark world that I had been living in and said, dude, look around. There's so much out here waiting. You can't change any of that crap they tell you on the news. And you'll never be able to. You'll never be able to. But you know what you can change? You can change your perspective. You can change what you're eating every day, what you're taking into your brain. You can absolutely go out here and still have a good life. And at those moments, Big Sur, Big Sur, Big Sur did that to me, y'all. Big Sur did that to me. And it's something I'll tell everyone forever. Go out there and experience it for yourself. This stretch of highway again, y'all, there's the, the bridges that you will see along this stretch of highway. There's a billion of them. One of them, I believe it's the Bigsby Creek Bridge. I should have made the note. And I did not because I'm a bonehead, but the Bigsby Creek Bridge, I'm pretty sure that's it. It's in this stretch. It is one of the, it's said to be the most photographed bridge in, I think, North America. I know they say it's in Cali that way, but it might be North America or the top three. I have an amazing picture of it that I just love. And again, not because I was an amazing photographer, just because I was in the right place, the right time at sunset in point and shot in like California made it beautiful. That's what it did. Um, that's very place to this place to be very very careful though just by the way just be very careful you pop out there with all them people i saw little kids playing on the edge of a bluff that's like 400 effing feet above the friggin' ocean and the crag crags below there's no guardrail you know no no like handrail to keep people from just falling over the edge and everyone's scrambling to try to get the best picture and there's a million heads in your way right the parking is terrible i even heard recently that they might be even thinking about shutting down all parking and barricading it so that you can't even get there to take pictures anymore because people keep dying because people are stupid. Like, if you get the chance to go and it's not shut down yet, be respectful of the people that are there. Go early or go late, I mean, for, for sunset, but get there early, find a place to park, shut it down, get you a spot, hop a squat, and just wait for it. Don't try to do a drive-by, pop in, pop out, because it's too dangerous. Just don't do that. But it's gorgeous. Just driving over it is absolutely mind-numbingly gorgeous. Like, you have to be careful not to wreck yourself because you're just looking around. You're just taking in the beauty of what's around you, but you're also supposed to be driving a vehicle res responsibly. You know what I mean? Like, it can take take some effort to do that. But once you're into this area, you're getting real close to Monterey and Carmel, um, Carmel by the sea. Things to check out when you're getting up that way. Point Lobos. Point Lobos. You want to talk about an amazing array of aquatic wildlife, coral reef. I got some amazing wildlife pictures, and I'm not even a good wildlife photographer, y'all. Point Lobos is absolutely stunningly cool, man. There's so much going on in Point Lobos. Um, but, like, mainly what I got the most amazing pictures of was, like, the underwater stuff. Because, like, you get up on the, and you're allowed to, you you can absolutely get up on top of these corals that are kind of exposed in these rock outcroppings. 
And they're covered in almost like mini tide pools or something where the waves hit and they crash on there. They keep everything wet. And you got all these like little sea creatures like urchins and, you know, ooh yeah, just an urchin living under the street. I'm a hard case, right? Tough to beat. Um, <laughs> I'm a charity case. Bring me something to eat. I'll pay you at another time. Anyway, Point Lobos, beautiful, stunning photography opportunities guys you could take any kind of camera and you're going to get great photos the colors are absolutely mind-numbingly or the colors are just incredible like you get there and you're looking down in this little tide pool and you got like these little purple things and, and green things and yellow things and, and chartreuse things and bright yellow and pinks and all the colors it's the whole spectrum of colors guys and they're just like right here in these little pools right before you to look at and they're absolutely gorgeous and you look around and there's seagulls there's sea all kinds of different you know i'm not i'm not a birder okay i'm not a fauna person so much i don't know what all these birds are but i know there are seabirds everywhere there are seabirds everywhere, and they're really cool. Like, they do all kinds of cool stuff, man. Some of them are sitting there, like, with these long, needle-thin beaks just, like, jabbing into the sand and pulling out little critters to eat. And other ones are, like, eating them. And there's, like, all this whole, like, circle of life thing going on, man. It's like this whole circle of life thing going on. And right here in Point Lobos, you get a really good look at that. Sea lions, there are sea lions. There are seals. Maybe it's seals there. There are sea lions up and down the coast in different places. Maybe it's seals there. I know it's a point where you can see the seals lookout point that's right there in point Lobos. But anyway, around it, so much wildlife, y'all. A lot of walking to get down in there, especially if you don't park inside where you have to pay the big fee or whatever. Like you can park outside like the highways. Highway one stays lined, especially close to the tourist destinations like Carmel, Monterey are going to be very, very heavily busy. Know that before you go plan accordingly. Plan to spend way more time than you expected because part of that's just walking from wherever the hell you had to park to try to get in there. Um, but definitely go and do it. And this is another place just on your little road trip adventure um, that you may plan to go out there and take someday as I do again, like Carmel, Monterey. Those are great places to stay. Lots of places to choose from to get a place to stay for the night. Lots of places to eat. Y'all, there's a Mexican restaurant that I don't remember the name of. I could go and find it for you. I just about guaranteed, but I'm not going to. Sorry, I don't have time for that tonight. Um, that was right there um, just outside of Monterey. That was so good. It was themed in like classic cars, but it was a Mexican restaurant. But they had such good food. And anyway, I kicked it in there one night and I talked to this lady and her kid for like two hours. Like I was just having dinner on my way back in from Big Sur and just sit there and talk for like two hours, man. The people you meet out there are so friendly, so kind. You learn so much about the area. Um, and I went there several times, met a lot of cool people there, just sat and talk and eat dinner. They're always like, where are you from? You have a weird accent, you know, whatever. And then you get to talk and you strike up a conversation and you learn a lot about humans, about the world, about California, about Central Coast, about Monterey, about wherever the hell you are. You know, like connections are so important in this world, y'all. And we need more of them. We need more of them. But when you go out and do this stuff, take the time to chat with people locally. You'll find out about great places to go check out. Like in Monterey and Carmel, you stop in those places to eat dinner or whatever, eat a lunch one day. Like, where should I go? You know, where do locals go? Always ask that question. I know where all the tourists go. Where do the locals go? Where do they go to find the, the lesser known places? What's the cool that no one really knows about that I should check out? You would be amazed at 
the answers and the things you'll learn about to go explore. And you'll be the only person there. Or you'll be one of just a handful of people there. And you'll get pictures for your little Instagram fame that you're so excited about that no one else is getting. Like, ask. Be friendly. Quit being narcissistic a-holes, guys. Quit being jerks. Get out there and be cool to people. And the world works better. The world works in your favor when you're cool to people. It just does. Um, But there's a lot. I found out about a lot of places. There are several beaches in Carmel and Monterey. Um, Let me see if I actually wrote down several of these. Actually, that's after you pass Montreal. So I'm going to leave those out because I think we're going to pick that up in another episode somewhere down the road. Um, Point Lobos. Sea Lion, Sea Lion Point. Point Lobos and Sea Lion Point. Right there in Point Lobos. So I was talking about. And yeah, Carmel and Monterey. All I can tell you is this. I went to several beaches. I I didn't encourage you to go down into Monterey and especially Carmel by the sea. Get up there up close and personal to the beach as best you can. Just drive the roads, deal with the traffic, work your way in there, get out on foot, walk the sidewalks, check the place out thoroughly firsthand, guys. Do the tourist thing. Just do it. There's a bunch of little state beaches all along through there where there are sea lions. There is sea life. There are these crazy, again, ground squirrel, California rodent things that love nacho cheese Doritos. Um, Naked hippie chicks abound. Like, guys, get out there. And enjoy yourself. Like, go see the things to see because there's a lot and there's a lot of history. You get into Monterey, there's a lot of history. What did I mention earlier? You know, Spanish capital. When this word, the name Big Sur came from, because those Spaniards up there were like, what are we going to do around that place down there? Ah, El Sur Grande. Like, <laughs> the big area to the south. What shall we do with it? Nobody knows. Let's just call it a really cool name. This sounds very, very um, cinematic, and we'll just leave it at that. How about that? Coming soon to a theater near you, El Sur Grande. So there's history all around there to check out, and it's, you know, it's just a whole thing. Okay, California, like, I, this almost turned into a list type of episode, which is what I wanted to avoid. I did get to tell you about a lot of little things that I did while I was there. And that's what I love to do. The episodes that inspire me are the ones where I'm just talking and telling my stories of being somewhere that really touched me, inspired me, moved me in some way, or just whatever. Got me excited. Got me going. This one kind of turned out very listy because I made a big list just to try to keep me on track. And I'm sorry. I hope it flowed well. I hope you guys enjoyed it. But the point that I wanted to make tonight is California is a whole vibe and that big Sur coast is its own vibe. And you could spend probably a week or longer. It's definitely longer. If you wanted to just really milking it, just driving up or down the coast of central California, all the way through San Fran, all the way up the coast. You'd go all the way to Canada if you wanted to, but right there in central Cali, starting your way into Northern Cali, you could spend days getting pictures that all of your friends will ooh and awe about, and it will do things to you internally. It'll make you see the world just a little bit differently, maybe just a little bit more with a little bit more awe, a little more majesty, a little more like respect for everything that we have out there and, and how much we're messing so much of it up in so many places. Guys, I can't encourage you enough. I cannot strongly enough encourage you urge you to like get out there and see it get over if you live in the south like me for any of y'all that are listening in the south and have heard how terrible california people eat are don't let that scare you away 
If anything, let the prices be what scares you away. It is expensive. It's going to cost you an arm, a leg, and possibly a child to afford to go make this trip. Okay? But don't let the people scare you away because they're wonderful people. Like, I'll scout that from the rooftops because that's just like a totally unfair thing that California has tagged to it. They're awesome people. Um, Get out there and see it. You need to see it. At least once in your life, you need to go out there and see it. Enjoy real food. By the way, I totally missed that in tonight's episode. Okay, it's either McDonald's or In-N-Out. Okay, Taco Bell. Or it's like $30 a plate meals. There's no in-between. You might pop on a Chili's every once in a while. But like, it's either fast food or it's real food. And let me tell you something. That real food, son, like it's worth every freaking dollar of that 30 bucks you paid for a damn enchilada it's worth every dollar like you'll hate yourself you'll shame me that enchilada because you paid 30 dollars for an enchilada but at the end of the day you're like that's the best enchilada i ever had and i feel like god it can't be it can't be beat for wholesome wholesomeness of digestion you know i mean it just guys they use real ingredients they don't use processed crap it's real food and that's when i learned how not real Everything that we even have available to us in the South is not. Our food is garbage here. Everything, unless you are the farmer and you're making it fresh right off your farm, like everything you can buy anywhere is processed garbage. Wait until you have real food and it will change your life. And I'm not even joking. I'm not even over exaggerating. It was amazing. The food there is incredible. But anyway, I'm dreaming tonight about going back to Cali again. And you know, I am, I'm, I'm trying to avoid the reality of my world right now because it is a crushing weight that I am struggling to survive. And I just wanted to go on another little daydream adventure tonight. So tonight we were California dreaming. That's what we will call tonight's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope that you got some good adventure ideas. I hope you guys, some of you go out there and you make the, make the pilgrimage and you go out there and you see some of these things like the keyhole arch and, you know, some of the just amazing stuff. And like, again, I said, there's going to be another episode that happens about, you know, Morikali. Because, God, I left a lot on the table to talk about tonight. I can do this again someday. That's great. Something else in the can for a rainy day. Um, But, you guys, I hope that you get out there and you check it out. I hope you enjoyed tonight's show. Um, We'll be back in two weeks. Not to drop too much information, but let me just say, the old wayward son scored one of his first paid travel writing gigs. And that's going to happen between now and the next episode. And... I'm going to have a really cool adventure to tell you guys here in a couple of weeks. Super excited about that. So you guys come back in a couple of weeks, the next drop and be looking forward to that. It's going to be a really cool episode. I am definitely looking forward to it. Um, If you guys are enjoying the show, as I've told you so many times, ratings and reviews are the absolute best thing you could ever do to help us. Um, I got a new review this week. I think I know who it came from. Honestly, I'm pretty sure. And um, I appreciate it. A great deal. Every single one of them helps the show. So you guys, if you'll go rate, review, and subscribe, that is the best way you can support us. Or you can go support our sponsors, whoever you hear at the ad spot in the center of the show. Um, Other than that, you guys check us out at waywardstories.com if you want to get in touch with me. 
mywaywardstory at gmail.com. And until next week, guys, you know, do a little California dreaming with me. I hope you enjoy this show. I hope you get out there and you do some things for yourself over the next few weeks. And until next time, you guys, you know, be good to each other. <laughs>